I'm Emily Feed, author of This Vicious Grace, coming in summer 2022 from Wednesday Books. And I'm Anna, a teacher and a writer in the Query Trenches. And you're listening to Basic Pitches, where we... Two basic pitches... Break down the basics of writing and being a writer. time as opposed to times we have recorded on different days we absolutely are not recording this episode (laughs) after another episode (laughs) it's a totally different day how are you emily i'm good anna scheduled banter now um what have you been up to since the last time we talked anna I drank some water. <laughs> I turned um, on a rice cooker. <laughs> I looked up some information on Ooh. the next thing we're going to talk about, just so Sweet. I don't sound like a total spaceoid. I did have a moment where I was like, should I look up the actual definition to make sure I'm getting this right? But I'm just going to be like, hey, Anna, why don't you tell us? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that kid in school who's like, not, I'm not obnoxiously the well actually kid. Like, I'm not the person yeah, who's no. like, well, actually. I'm just the person in the back going, like, I hear somebody talking about something, and I'm like, I'm just excited to talk and share, and I'm like, oh, 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 well, actually. I know this. I I know know this. Yeah. Well, that's a different. I think the well actually is more of the, like, well, actually, you're wrong. Like, I think it's okay just to be like, oh, I I have information on this. Um, You know. Right. That that hand that just goes, boop, right up in the air. Yes. And I've turned into that. I I used to be very silent about it and just kind of like get excited in my place and then not say anything but now that i am past my 30s and don't care i'm like hi (laughs) yeah no i actually um it's a adhd thing for the longest time you know i like a lot of um women uh who are diagnosed late in life with adhd there's always this like well i'm not hyperactive i don't bounce around like i'm not super energetic and i have the friend who was the first one that was like um you know she was like yeah (laughs) <laughs> this is love you, Liz. Uh, we were at like a group event sitting around a bonfire. This was years ago. And my friend turns to me and she goes, You know, I've always wondered about you, like with the talking, like if that's the hyperactivity. And I was like, Oh no, my whole life makes sense. But oh. also, oh no, <laughs> but it is. Yeah. So, in case anyone's curious, um, yes, you can have ADHD and it's not even the like, people always talk about like the hyperactive and the not hyperactive. Like, yes, hyperactive doesn't just have to mean physical. Yes. Hyperactivity. Point being, um, never been one who was hesitant to talk or talk fast. And I used to always say it was because I was from New Jersey, but I think it might be more complicated than that. The fast talking <laughs> thing. Sorry, folks. Sorry. Uh, no. Yeah. I love it. I just have all those thoughts in my head. Um, yeah. We were, I don't know, like this is just commiserating. I We were on a trail hiking this past weekend and something had happened where we saw people putting like hiking nails into a tree hiking and it was for nails. yeah it was like you know like the mountain like when you climb the picks oh. um yeah so they were nailing that into a tree and it was for a ceremony for someone who had um passed away and oh, i was okay. like oh i've never seen this before so we got to witness this very sad beautiful ritual and so um you know we saw them hammering it in and whatever and like mm-hmm. okay cool so we go walking past that well then like couple hours later when we're coming down i see a bunch of nails in a tree that's fallen down a totally different tree and i hmm. so, like my brain got so fast that i stopped in the middle <laughs> of the trail and steven kept walking ahead of me for like a couple meters and then he turned around and he was like are you are you okay and i was like 
Yeah. I was just looking at these nails in this tree and I was thinking about that ceremony we saw earlier and I was wondering if it's an actual ritual somewhere that we didn't know about and is this a totally different couple. And then I also thought of this podcast that we listened to in which they were talking about nails going into trees and if that hurts the trees. But I, then I remember there was only copper. And he was like, he just, he, he was dead silent for 30 seconds. And then he just went, your brain is weird. <laughs> I was like, thanks, thanks. I just see my full body cease to function while my brain was like, yep. let's think of all the things. Oh, yeah. I once, yeah, I remember, I distinctly remember, like, when I first met my partner and one of, like, the most romantic moments of my life, he was like, I just, like, just wonder what you're thinking all the time. And now, the joke, of course, <laughs> it's like all these years later, I'm like, don't you wish you didn't know what I was thinking all the time? Because I'm very much like, because I, I volunteer that information all the time, often in the middle of TV shows and movies. I'm sorry. You know, I'll do the whole like, oh, that's a callback to this thing. And that, oh, it's like this one. You know, poor guy's like, uh, can we just watch the movie? Can we just? No, no, we cannot. No, we cannot. Yep. I yep. got yep. lots yep. of thoughts yep. in my brain yep. and they have to come out, which is why we yep. started a podcast. Yep. <laughs> Basically. And here we are. I'm, yeah, we were just sending messages back and forth. Uh, we need to find that audio. That should be our intro, honestly. Was it the, really should. The like two second message I got. I you were, you said like somewhere. we should start a, like we would have a great podcast. And I was like, we would have a great podcast. And we then you just podcast. messaged me, Emily, are we starting a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And that's it. And here we are. Yes. Ta-da. I think, wait. Oh, no. I, wait. <laughs> I'm waiting. Are you waiting? I'm waiting. Oh, no. The last episode, the episode yeah. we just recorded, would be episode number 20. I was oh. like, this would be a great conversation for episode 20. But Well, if we record enough episodes, we can make this episode 20. Oh, wait. This is a great, <laughs> great milestone. Episode 20. <laughs> episode 20. <laughs> for the moon ever order we want. <laughs> and also... We're going to re-record our intro. Yes, we are. Yes, yes we, we are. are. No, we're yes, not. We're we going to forget. <laughs> no, we forget. are not going to forget. Not going to forget. Whose responsibility is it to remember to record the intro? Basically, when the question is, whose responsibility is it to remember, the answer is never, Emily. <laughs> never, Emily. <laughs> Just don't, don't put that ever. on me. Don't put that on me. <laughs> Have you met me? <laughs> I will try to remember. I'll remember it at 3 o'clock in the morning. Don't worry. Right. No, that's what I'll, I'll, I got it. Yeah. I'll get a message no, we'll do from it. you at 3 o'clock in the morning that's like, hey, Probably. get up. I had a moment. I think it was last night at 3 o'clock in the morning when I was like, oh, no, I didn't record that. Maybe I could just hop on my computer and, like, just send a clip. But I don't think it works because we did actually record it together. Yes, we did. It would be too too much work for you to be like, hi, I'm Emily, and I'm blah, and I, and blah, <laughs> put it together. Like, I was like, no, I've got to just do it. I would hate myself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But I would still love you. I know. So that's important. Thank you. I appreciate you very much. Speaking of hate to love. Oh! Wait, what? Oh, I did it. I did it. Crushing it. Crushing it. Because today we're talking about tropes. Oh, oh. Woo. And everybody uh, listening to this podcast was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because we all love, love tropes. Tropes. Love them. We do. Which is why I think it's so fun to talk about because I, I was actually saying to you earlier that I feel like when I started writing seriously for the first time, I got the impression that tropes were bad. Yes. That if you use tropes, you were a lazy writer, you were recycling stuff that had already been done, and that yes. everything you were supposed to do was supposed to be new and fresh and different in every possible way. And I do not feel that way anymore. No. Um, and then there for a while, there was kind of like, you can use tropes, but they all have to be subverted. And I was like, sure, I don't know what that means. Yeah. But yeah, I'm subverting the tropes. 
They're upside down. They're inside out. <laughs> the Woo! tropes are subverted. I, <laughs> I did that I thing in math where you turn a triangle on its side. Look, true confession. I still don't entirely understand what subverting a trope is. I'm always like, you take a trope and then you surprise them. So you, they think it's a trope and then it's a, it's a different so you, trope or it's just you change it. I don't really. So if you think my there's only one bed. Surprise! There's twelve bunk beds. <laughs> too many beds. There's too many beds. <laughs> Hi, welcome to this inn. No, you I'm have saying. the pick of all of the rooms. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like when you first hear about this, it's like I don't. Okay, so I can use I a trope. Like I just have to mess it up. I have to not. I have to untrope the trope. I just. But yeah. Um, but anyway, then my evolution kind of got to the point where, so also, we've, I've talked about this a little bit before, but, like, when I first started writing, like, I love romantic subplots, I love interpersonal tension, and I did kind of go through this phase when I first started where I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, this is internalized misogyny. There was this feeling of, like, well, you can have, like, a little bit of romance, but not too much romance, because then it's not a good book, and it's not a real literature, and blah, blah, blah. And really, you know, about... Two years ago was when I got my, um, started writing my, my, my screw it book, as we call it, which is now yep. going to be my debut, This Vicious Grace, Wednesday Books, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really when I hit this point where I was like, I don't care. I don't care if romance is taken less seriously. I don't mm-hmm. care if people see tropes as trite or overused. Like, mm-hmm. this book is for me, and I like romantic subplots, and mm-hmm. I like tropes I love to I'm putting every trope I like in this book because this book is for me and I don't even care and that's really when I found my groove and I had a lot of fun writing a book and that book has now you know changed my life forever so I think um doing things like listening to podcasts that are about romance novels um there are some really fantastic podcasts out there like um Heaving Bosoms, Faded Mates, um there actually what is one something the tropes but like romance readers Love tropes. Uh-huh. They're not afraid of it. They're not embarrassed by it. There's none of this like, oh, I mean, I know it's been done before. No, like they love their right. only one bed. They all that stuff, and the freedom to just say, yeah, I love that thing too, and I want to incorporate it in my book. And of course, yeah, you want it to be fresh. You want it to feel a little different. It, you don't want to just like recycle a scene from someone else's oh, yeah. book, but just accepting that, like, yeah, there are things that happen in stories again and again and again. To the point where people are like, I love it when that thing happens. Or like, I knew that was going to happen. is actually a really enjoyable thing for a reader. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying so hard to never do a thing that is a trope, a lot of times you're just, you're working yourself into a tizzy for nothing. Um, yeah. But yeah, so maybe we should talk, maybe you should talk because you did the research. What is a trope? What is a trope, Anna? You say do the research like I didn't look up one website and then called it a day. Hey, that's research. Um, so I think a lot of the discussion comes from like whether what is a trope and then what is a cliche, um, because they sound so yes, which I definitely thought were the same thing for uh, quite a while. I swear I'm a smart person, you guys. I really, I really am smarter than I sound because they're so confusing. (laughs) It's the whole thing of like an analogy versus a metaphor, right? Like a metaphor is Mm -hmm. an analogy, and not all analogies are metaphors, like it's that kind of thing. So metaphors, it's confusing. Well, I think Um, also there is no word for cliche. Like, the word cliche is, if something is cliche, but so a lot of times people will say something is super tropey, and I think what they actually mean is that it's got some cliches, but they don't know how to say it's super cliche-y, so yeah. 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 
so the idea is like a trope is like a common um like a situation or a plot device a that is element. super common per each genre. So you f- typically find that each yeah. genre has its own tropes um, that you uh, – yes. we talked about it a little bit in um, this idea of embracing things that come naturally with a genre. So in romance, yeah. if you – right, if you say something is a romance, it's supposed to have happily ever after. That's not exactly a trope. Yes. But in romance, that's where no. you do find things like enemies to lovers, uh, there's only one yeah. bed, huddle for warmth. Um, yes. You know, those uh, kinds of things. Was it the care for injured, injured, what, I never forget what that's called. Uh, hurt, the hurt, hurt and comfort, hurt and comfort, yes. grumpy sunshine. So yeah, when I think of tropes, I think of certain combinations of events, certain combinations of personalities. Yes. That, so I, I think what really helped me kind of solidify it was, so I actually, true confession, I've never written fanfic, except in my head, which I do all the time. Uh-huh. Um, and I've never really read fanfic. Um, I think I missed when it kind of became peak popular but i know enough right. about it to understand that like when people go to big fanfic websites they often will search by trope and i think this is something that there are a lot of really um well-known romance authors nowadays that got their start in writing fanfic and yes. so this thought of like you should avoid tropes when like there are entire websites where people are searching for just one bed fanfic oh, yeah. and they're searching for you As- know and it just makes you realize like what are these kind of catchphrases that tell you a certain thing to expect oh, yeah. in a story. As as somebody who like I don't write fan fiction because I my brain explodes when I ever think about it. Like and I'm also just not drawn yeah. to it, but I do like to read fan fiction. And it is like I when I found out like archive of our own or whatever, um, uh-huh. which is my favorite thing because Naomi Novak created that did oh you know wow that? yeah she no, created it she's getting into like quoting and stuff it's my it's oh, the most awesome. ridiculous story um but it is you can search <laughs> by tropes and it yeah. is such a fantastic thing because you can find the thing that you love and you can find the tropes that you love and there are thousands and i think that to me was the unlocking moment of mm-hmm. okay putting that with the actual IPs that are out there. I mean, if you like, I hate to say it, but if you look at Star Wars, the trilogy ends yeah. because they were trying to serve a bunch of tropes that people wanted. Um, yeah. And it's there because people people want those things. Yeah. And well, and I think that's them. when you think of, I think what fanfic often is, is taking a, you know, you know, a bit of intellectual property that already exists and then just putting those characters into certain tropey circumstances. Um, right. Because you want to see what they would do, and it's fun. And so, yeah, like, I've never written fanfic officially, but I realize a lot of my story ideas basically kind of originate from little, like, almost the equivalent of mental fanfic. Like, I watch a movie, and, like, sometimes it's because I think a tropey thing is going to happen, and then it doesn't, and then I am disappointed. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I think there are, I mean, this is kind of a whole other topic that we're not going to get into too much, but, like, there are lots of, like, TV shows and movies where people are rooting for certain characters to get together, and then they don't. Yeah. And then I think that is – that's just like a brain seed for people being like, but, oh, like I really wanted them to get locked oh, in that yeah. closet together because then maybe they were going to smooch or they were going to have to fight or yeah. whatever it is. They're not all romance-based. And and so for me, a lot of it, it starts with kind of a character dynamic, which often is a tropey character dynamic because yeah. I love them. Man, like I love the the grumpy badass who gets paired with the overly chatty yes. um energetic impulsive like sidekick character right Gee, i wonder why um you know like i love me some witcher and God. the bard like oh my gosh i i, I all day long if all you're talking long, about tropes and, and like that's i think that's the thing that's so fascinating about tropes and looking at it is again going by genre 
It, just because something is in a romance genre and it is a trope, you can have that grumpy sunshine mm-hmm. trope anywhere. Yeah. And yes. But then there are genres. It just feels ones. different. And yeah, the yeah. Witcher does this beautiful thing where it's like we're going to take this very the serious, Witcher is grumpy badass, sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Violent yes. setting. Yep. And then here's your grumpy sunshine. It's a bard and a witcher who nobody. Yeah, because it's watching those characters play off each other. Um, another one that I am absolute sucker for across genres, across mediums, is the grouchy dad, vulnerable person, which also is very much Witcher in the bar. But this, just this, the person who doesn't want any responsibility, doesn't want any human yes. connection. Oh gosh, darn it! Now there's this helpless little kid, or yes. a you know, kind of accident-prone sidekick or whatever it is, and it's just like right. that grump, grump, grump. I guess I, I got to take care of them, but I don't like you. But everyone's like, oh, but they do. There's a love. Like, love it. And that can look yep. very different across the genres, but, like, those are all sort of tropey things. And I would argue that tropes exist because there are certain patterns in life and in relationships that mm-hmm. that resonate with us. And, yeah. You know, it's like we talk about archetypes, character archetypes, as a very, like, you know, highbrow analysis of literature. And there's the, yeah. you know, the, the what, what was it, the argument of, like, there are, like, seven archetypes and all characters oh, fall underneath them. It changes all it's, the time. That I know, is, but, yeah, but there's this whole thing yeah, of, like, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. the there's the hero, there's the villain, there's the old hag, there's the, the you know, yeah. ingenue, there's whatever. Um, but when you discuss it, like, archetypes, you are a fancy literature uh-huh. person and when you discuss tropes well then you're just ugh, you like the same stuff that everyone else does and it's like no the whole point is that yeah. there are certain things that recur in stories again and again and again right and they're not bad or good it's how you use them and whether you can kind of you know and it's the commercial versus literary thing you know one i'm sure there are people out there that would argue that super literary fiction doesn't have archetypes or tropes and i would argue that that is also not true at all that's absolutely <laughs> not just, true that's, presented yeah. in a different way it's just a, yeah. yeah exactly and I think that is my biggest thing with tropes that I learned and I think it's something that you can easily see when you read someone else's stuff or you watch a movie or a tv show yeah um you ever watch a movie or t- and I'm not going to name any tv shows because or movies that because I don't want to badmouth anything um but like we've all seen a movie that were like this looked so good in the trailer mm-hmm. And then when you actually watch it, you're like, there's no heart and soul here. It's just yeah. a bunch. Like, if it's an action movie, it has the grump who has to take care of the kid. And there's the high-speed chasing. That's a trope. Uh, there's yeah. the trope of uh, shooting someone's cigarette while it's in their mouth. That's a trope, right? And you just blast yeah. all these action movie tropes in there because you think, okay, these people are here for an action movie. Let's mm-hmm. give them all the tropes. That doesn't work. It, we all know it doesn't work. No. We're like, that movie's not good. It doesn't get good ratings. Um, yeah. People don't like it. And that's because yeah, you, you have can't to make a them... list of tropes that have to be in there and shove oh, them yeah. in there just because. It has to be Because that, that's when they feel cliche. That's yes. when they feel they feel tropey and cliche. Whereas if you use them in a way that is, like, I don't even know how to say different because different isn't even fair. Like, I keep coming back no. to The Witcher and the Bard. It's they don't do something completely novel and different, but the characters feel well developed enough that it is an absolute delight watching them. And they're, mm-hmm. I think what it is too is that they're not just putting it in there because people like that trope; they're using that trope really effectively yeah. to show the difference between those characters, to show kind of the weaknesses and strengths of each character. Oh, and for sure. who doesn't enjoy watching a grumpy grump grump grump? 
get annoyed by a singing bard. I mean, that's the best right. thing ever. It's, I'm sorry. It's the best no, thing. it's that. It's I not think, even the best show ever, but I would watch all their no, scenes it's so good. on repeat all day long. And it's that, I mean, I think it is that word intentional, right? Like you're mm-hmm. doing this with intention. Like even, even the one bed trope, which we started with is, you know, kind of like hee-haw yeah. and joking, but like, it's true. That reveals so much about oh, totally. a character. It shows so much about both characters, about their relationship, about mm-hmm. where they stand or don't stand. And like, yeah. you know, who ha, offers ha, ha, the other person the bed I versus who says, yeah, like who says, no, I'm not giving up the bed. Yeah. Like it's the way that you execute it. Yeah, I've definitely read, I, I won't call this person out because I don't know if they, actually, I don't know if it's still in the book, but there was once I was giving feedback on a book that is coming out this year. And uh, the character is on a trip with a romantic, with a friend that is not necessarily meant to be a romantic interest, but like you can kind of tell that's where it's heading. And this person had like the hotel room that had a bed and a couch. And I was like, no, nope, no, spill something on that couch. That couch is gross. Ew, no, no, like just one bed, just one bed. Yeah. (laughs) And this writer wasn't much of a romance reader. So they were like, what? And I was like, no, you need to get that boy off that couch and force them into a situation where they only have one bed. They don't have to both sleep in it, but just see what happens. What do they do? How do they handle exactly. this when they are supposed to be people that are not getting along and now suddenly like, the tropes exist to move the story along, to force yes. the characters into different situations um, yes. because we want to see how those characters are going to react to that situation. So it's not the just one bed. It's not as simple as just being like, oh, shucks, there's just one bed. Two characters are in a bed. It's exactly why is that fun with these characters? Yeah, why do you want to push their buttons? Um, yeah, like I actually in in my debut, um, there is only one bed, but I don't actually really use the just one bed trope. Instead, I have a whole scene where uh, my main character is trying to tell her new bodyguard that he can't even sleep in the room, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not sleeping in the hallway, honey." You know, and so there's the whole there's a whole interaction between them. It's kind of the just one room trope, I guess uh-huh. you would say, where she's trying to say like, drag some chairs out in the hallway like I don't care you can't sleep here and so I'm not using it in kind of the traditional oh no Mm -hmm. we have to sleep in the same bed because they don't at that point um (laughs) no spoilers uh but it's what happens when these characters have a limited space that they don't want to share what is it what kind of interpersonal things is this going to draw out what is it going to reveal about these characters so right so yeah um, Love you some forced proximity. One of my favorite forced proximities for anyone who uh, does enjoy that trope is in Red, White, and Royal Blue, which it also has the enemies to lovers, all that stuff. And the main character and the character who at that point, he does not realize that he has any interest in whatsoever. They basically, there's like a, a security threat and they're literally shoved into a closet. And it's one of those like, do we beat each other up or like, oh no, why is this confusing feelings? And it is so well done. And then they end up arguing about Star Wars. So it really comes full circle. Here. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the idea of any kind of trope, it doesn't just have to be like a physical trope. It can just be like uh, enemies to lovers, right? That's That's a mm-hmm. trope that informs character and it informs like okay i really really love this idea of enemies to lovers okay great why are they enemies and how do they continue to antagonize each other and then how Mm -hmm. does that translate into love and how can you show us that process in such a beautiful delicious way it's so good Um, and yeah i think you know i would never tell someone like just put a bunch of tropes in your book like it's more like when you're like i do love to look at a list of tropes 
Because if I have already started a story and I already have these characters in my head, if I look through a list of tropes, most of them I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a fun trope. That's a fun trope. That's a fun. And then you hit one where you're like, oh, oh, I would like to see what happens if that happened. And that's the trope that you're putting in your book. And you don't have to include them deliberately. I think they honestly, good luck not including tropes in your book. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. The point is, if you're trying desperately hard to not include tropes. Maybe just relax right. and just write what you want to write. Yeah, just write the thing. I think, well, that's been yeah. that's been a, like one of my ways. That's how I started my last book and that's how I started this book is I looked at things that I love. Um, I lo- First, yep. I looked at a genre. This time I'm trying to write a genre totally different for me. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I, I like this genre. What are some tropes in this genre that I love? And I went through mm-hmm. and I just went through a bunch of um, – uh, and this is helpful for anybody who wants to use this. I think it's helpful. Um, I look at movies. So just like talking about this book, um, the labyrinth is a huge inspiration mm-hmm. here and, um, uprooted. We're looking at that. So there's a yeah. website called TV tropes, uh, com. Yes. yes TV tropes. And you can, Super fun. you can search uh, a thing. So if you know, like, Ooh, I want to write something like that, but instead of this happening in the book, I want in the movie, yeah. I want this to happen. Um, or whatever. And I start there and I look at some tropes on there. And I'm not going to use – there's a million. There's a, so many on TV tropes. Yeah. Right? And a lot of things that you're like, I didn't even realize I that didn't was a trope. Even now know. that I think about it, I have seen what it in a bunch it? of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I start there and then I kind of work backwards to kind of like dissect it and figure out like why do mm-hmm. I like this trope? What is about this trope? Mm-hmm. And then that's where you can kind of get into the innovation and where you can get into um, how do you want to implement that? Why do you want to implement that? And then also yep. – can you subvert that a little bit, which is like, you know, you don't always have to subvert tropes, but it's this idea of like, how can I twist that on its head? Like it's always, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about like Phantom of the Opera, the monster is genuine, like generally male and yes. the, the person they're in love with is generally female. This is where you get into like gender bending those tropes or instead yeah. of Christine saying Deuce is Phantom, she could be like, Actually, <laughs> Deuces Raul, the Phantom Dope. I'm going yeah. with him. Like that's where you can kind of get the fun of subverting those tropes. So anyway, TVTropes.com. Yeah. TVTropes.com. They're great. Yeah, I love playing with like a good and evil yeah. thing, whether it's subverting or leaning into it. But just like when you start writing that story, and it's like kind of like the who is the monster, who is the man debate, and really so kind good. of picking that apart, um, and often having the characters have to sort it out for themselves and no spoilers um yes but yeah so i think i really think at the end of the day almost all media to some extent is a collection of tropes like it's one of those like humbling realizations that like humanity has been around for a long time we've been writing stories for a long time we have all internalized stories you can't write something that doesn't have a single trope in it it's just how why is yours fun and fresh Uh and not even, not even different, just fresh. Why does it feel authentic to your book that it's not just a, you know, collection of ideas patched together? Right. Um, right. Yeah. I was just, yeah, just thinking of there's a trope that I love dearly and one day I want to be able to tackle it, which is the ye old um, love triangle. Yes. And I could go on an entire podcast episode oh, man. about how I could go on it. Take take everybody take a big old drink cuz here we go. Um Look, love triangles. I, love lo- mm-hmm. I think yep. this is my opinion and I'll just Church stay clap. here. Yeah. A love triangle works when mm-hmm. it is Again, what we've talked about, this idea of identifying facets of character and yes. their choices and the Woo! way their life could go. Yep. 
Um, Heck yeah. Uh, that's like, that's why I'll start, I'll start with Shadow and Bone because I know a lot of people have watched uh-huh. that or read that recently. That's why the Darkling versus Mal versus mm-hmm. someone else, which we're getting in, you know, Love Trapezoid at that point. But is that my cat? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you're dealing with your cat, I will just say um, Emily Suvada, who wrote This Mortal Coil, has one of my favorite Twitter threads of all time, which was basically when she was basically like, stop shitting on, you know, the love triangle. This is what a love triangle, it's not about picking which boy you like more. It's about deciding who you are and who you want to be and what future you're going to take. And I was just like, yes, yes, ma'am, for all of time, because I will die on that hill. I will die on the hill of the Hunger Games love triangle is not bad. It is good, actually. Anna just ran off after her cat. Hello, listener. It's just me now. We're talking about the Hunger Games and love triangles and how Katniss had to make a decision in her life about whether she was going to pursue continuation of violence and revenge versus peace. Um, It's not about who's hotter because we all know who's hotter. That's obvious. Hi, Anna. She's back. So I was just talking about the <laughs> I Hunger no Games. I have what you said during that whole time. I'm talking about packing. the Hunger Games and the love triangle and how it's not about which boy is hotter because no. there's only one correct answer to that question, um, which is not the same thing as asking which is the right decision for the character to yep. make. Yep, yep, yep. Gail's yep, yep, yep. hotter. Gail's obviously hotter. But that doesn't right. mean he's the yep. right choice. It doesn't. She has to, Katniss has to make a decision about who she wants to be and right. what values she's going to accept. Oh, yeah. Um, and I will not pass a verdict. But it's actually really well done and really interesting. And love triangles are not bad, actually. No, they're not. And I think that's the thing like with any of these tropes is they're not bad if they are done with intention. This idea. I don't know. That's why I really love if you read the whole Shadow and Bone series. Um, I think Bardugo does such a wonderful job of kind of identifying that in each of the people yeah. that come into Alina's life. And, you know, she has to suddenly make this decision of, you know, yeah. it's, it's not just about her romance. It's about her path and the path of the world. And it's such a, I don't know, it's a fascinating thing. I think it's really cool. And that's how. Absolutely. Same with all yeah. tropes. All tropes should do that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not, you're not just inserting a trope for a trope's sake. You're using it because those characters, that combination of those characters and that trope will change the story, will change the characters, will reveal something about the characters um, yes. that is interesting and informative. And yes, now I, I just want to like read lists of tropes all day. It's my favorite thing to do. Sometimes I go on TV tropes yeah. between projects so just to like read about them. I'm like, what's in this movie I, I love? I might. I kind of almost sort of like I, there. there's a little homage to one of your favorite tropes in my debut, <gasps> but it's actually not the actual trope. I know because I couldn't. There was no good reason for the action. What? It's the it's the knife at the throat, but <gasps> it's not with the love interest. I know because there was just there. No, there's no reason. For hey, do you a remember? At, we don't have to throat. include this on the podcast, but do you remember when I got my okay. first uh, subtweet <laughs> over that? Because I yes! do. <laughs> I've never been subtweeted before until that moment, and I've never been since. And I was like, are you kidding? I will die on this hill. Anyone that argues that it is unhealthy for people to enjoy fantasy novels where girls and boys occasionally threaten to stab each other is missing the point of fiction. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Gosh. That, gosh. Come on, people. I've kept, I've never taken that out of there, ever. It's. No. Stop. I'll put it in every book. (laughs) despite that that is one of those those tropes that I'm like how can I come up with a reason for that good yeah and I think that right there that idea of how can I and that's one of the things of like starting there when you're brainstorming is 
if you know that it needs to be done intentionally, and I say intentionally not to yes. give it weight, but if you know it has to be done intentionally, then you get to have the fun of like, okay, how do I keep my huddle yes. from warmth scene? How do I get that? What conversation Look, do And it's have? a great, <laughs> if you're stuck, it's a great way to get yep. yourself unstuck yep. because yep. it's yep. almost like, someone once, once said to me that like writing a sequel in many ways is like writing fanfic yes. of your characters for a book. And I was like, thank you for saying that. That's what I needed to hear. <laughs> because writing a sequel is daunting. Yeah. Writing fanfic is fun because I love these characters. And if I can just put them in situations and torment them and watch what happens, then I will absolutely do this. So I have like my main characters. I have my secondary characters. And I'm like, how can I make things as uncomfortable as possible for everyone? So so yeah, there might be knives at throats. There might be just one beds. It might not be the main characters. It might be other characters. But we're doing all my favorites because – it's been hard to write a sequel, and one of the best ways to generate ideas is just, yeah. I love this trope. Who can I torment with it? Yep. And, um, yeah, and it's a lot it's of fun. So great. Um, and then I guess, like, on the subject, because we talked about it and we birched it, um, but tropes and cliches. Um, yes. Okay. So from what I understand, and I could be totally wrong, um, which I probably am, but from my understanding, and you can tell me if you agree on this, because I feel like language is never – like is rarely something that's like right or wrong. Um, yeah. I think a cliche is something that's like been done so much that it is now, you know, not good. Like it's it's Yeah. It's, I mean, I think a lot of times cliches are more on the line level, more like expressions yes. and turns of phrase yes. that just It's raining cats and oh, like that's an idiom, but it's yeah, also a cliche like it's just, at that point. It's not doing anything. It's not like there were definitely times, you know, like with my agent or so where she would be like, eh, like this expression's like kind of cliche. Like, is there another way to say yes. it? Just because it wasn't revealing anything about the character, it wasn't it wasn't special to the book. It was just a, a shorthand right. um for something people already understood. And I think the times when I feel like tropes become cliche are when it doesn't feel specific to the characters. It just feels like it's there just because. I would also say that it's when something is negative. So there was the yeah. – um, uh, it is the – it was a trope for a long time and then we gladly started calling it a cliche, which is the barrier gaze. Yes. That is a cliche that, do that. because it is bad. Yeah, unless, yeah. And it's trash. Yes. And, you know, so like when something becomes like – it was a trope, but now it's, it's harmful. Trash, yeah, or it always has been yeah. trash. Trash. But it's cliche. so interesting because I actually there has been a recent conversation by you know by a queer author yeah. that actually has faced a lot of pushback over years and years and years. Uh-huh. Um, but this is someone who writes murder mysteries, um, and most of the characters are queer. And so this yeah. this author was saying, I know, I know that barrier gaze is a cliche trope. However, I write murder books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with, so, like, and, and that's what we're talking about, like, with deliberate. This isn't someone that's just like, oh, well, we're going to put this token character in and then off them for fun. That. This is someone that was saying, no, 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 I'm using this deliberately. Um, that's the cliche of Barry the Gays, yes. which is like, you know, we have two gay characters and yeah. a cast of 50. And guess who uh-huh. the only person to die this season is? Oops, it's one or of the Or the characters. horrible cliche of, like, in a horror movie, it's always the non-white character that dies yep. within the first five minutes. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, that's a A cliche. girl who is promiscuous always gets murdered. Like, yeah. that kind of stuff that, like, Garbage. not only is it... Not only is it bad, but it's just boring because... That. 
Yeah. Everyone knows it's going to happen. Yes. And so that's where I think subverting the tropes come in and not being cliche is if the whole, if the person who is alive at the end of that movie is not the person that is usually killed in the movie, well, then you've done something interesting. Exactly. If you're writing a horror movie and the non-white character dies instantly and then the second the girl hooks up with the guy, she gets murdered. Okay, blah, blah, right. blah. We've done this. It's boring. You're not doing anything interesting. Um, those are not fun tropey moments. Those are, those are lazy writing. It's cliche. Yeah. Exactly. So, and that's the thing, like, if you go back, like, even if we move away from, like, harmful things, I'm trying to think of, like, yeah. what's what's something that is cliche now? Hmm. Um, Dangerous territory. I would argue love triangles can be cliche if they're not used the way we described okay, it. If yeah, it's I just, I'm writing a story, but there need to be two love interests, so I'm just going to stick two in there, blah, 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 and, like, you're not exactly. invested, then that's cliche, because that's just... That's a cliche. That's not a trope. Pretty much any it's time that you're but thinking... it's a trope at this point. Yeah. I think if you're writing a book and you're thinking, oh, people like X, I guess I should stick that in there, it's going to feel cliche. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Yep. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. But if you're doing it because you're like, then it's exactly. probably going to feel a lot less cliche. At least it's going to feel enthusiastic. Right? <laughs> it's going to feel like you really wanted that knife against that throat. Yeah. God. Yeah. And like I think, too, like there are those moments in a book where you're like, oh, man, I really hope X happens. Right. Then do it. Because it's also – Then even if it does feel cliche, it's a satisfying one. It's such a good <laughs> thing, too, because it connects to so many different things. I was thinking about suspense and pacing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't don't throw anything at me. I didn't read it, and I only watched <laughs> most of it. I didn't finish it because I figured out the ending, and then I was like, I'm done now. Um, oh. But it's Bridgerton. Oh, well, no. Bridgerton's romance. Yeah. It's, okay. You, you know the ending. Well, I know, but I like <laughs> – But it was the ending. ending. It was the, like, the end, the, oh. the surprise or whatever. Oh. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, it got to the uh, – you know they get married, right? So then – Yes. You know, they're like, we're going to stop at this inn halfway to such and such a state. And then, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. that whole time. You know there's only like, one room at the inn. There's only one there's room at the inn. one room. And then you get there and there's two rooms. And you're like, oh, oh no. Like, but I know the duties of marriage. And you're like, you're waiting. You're waiting to see how that conversation is going to pan out. And you're just like, I remember yeah. watching it being like. How's this gonna go? Because you respect her, but yeah. you also like don't like each other right now. But you do like each other. And it's like I don't know. It just really controls yeah. that pacing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I feel like there's no. It's like there's no easy formula here, and that's no. kind of the point. Is I think okay. That's my conclusion. A cliche is when it feels like a formula. Ooh. If you're doing a thing because that's the thing yep. that has to happen and blah, 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 yep. or you think that's what every book yep. needs, well, then it's going to feel cliche. If you're doing yeah. it because you're excited about it for a reason, yes. then it's a trope and tropes can be great. Love it. Love me some tropes. Love it. And if you are getting fed up with publishing and you want to write the book that has all your favorite tropes and all your favorite character dynamics, then do it because do often it's going to be it. the best thing you've ever written because you're just I mean, loving it. We we talk about it as the screw it book and that yep. is I find that's like generally people's screw it book is the one that they're yep. like you know what I'm gonna write all these tropes into a book okay. it's gonna be fun it's gonna be that exciting. was my, yeah and that's what my editor said she was like those are usually the books <laughs> and and she often says like it's so obvious that you had fun writing this book and I'm like I did have fun writing right. this book I had so much fun writing this book that I keep rereading it because it's still fun to me like Aww. I just. 
I love it. And so now I'm at the point in writing the sequel where I'm starting to let myself play with tropes again. Yep. And I'm starting to, I don't want to say have fun. That feels extreme. Uh, it's been a long year and I haven't had any time alone to write. But I'm, you know, there are a couple scenes that I'm really having fun with. And it, part of them is because they are a little bit tropey, yes. but in a in a fun way. Because um, I wanted to see how my characters would react right. to a certain tropey setup. And it's delightful. Yeah, like yeah. I have a just one ship cabin. And also they're fighting. So no, they are not going to share a bed because they are mad at each other. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I love it. Actually, I have two. Oh, my goodness. It's like every ship cabin is full of people that are mad at each other. It's great. This is going to be great. And I love having that moment where it's like you show up in a situation and it's like we don't have enough rooms and everyone's like, oh, God, I don't want to be with this person. And I absolutely paired them up based on who would drive everyone the most up the wall. I cannot wait. I cannot (laughs) wait. My body is ready. My mind is ready. My heart is ready. Well, it'll have to be patient. <laughs> so, Emily, <laughs> this book is not readable. I have a feeling yeah. we're wrapping up our conversation about tropes. Do you want to yeah, tell yeah. me what your goals are for this week? And it's called Send Something to Anna. And it's called Send Something. I actually, true confession, just wrote a scene earlier today and I was like, I should send this to Anna. <gasps> Why? So I might. Didn't. It is. You. Not polished and not well written, but it made me <laughs> giggle. So. Send it to <laughs> me. I think I will. Do you remember my so, yeah. visceral response to the one scene you sent me? Yeah. This one is not the same scene, but it's I'm I'm similar, ready. It's a similar vibe. It's a it's a subverting of a tropes. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, that. yes. I'll explain after we hit the button. Yes. <laughs> I have referenced it before. It's a, a face-off of sorts, if you will. Two characters oh. daring each other not to blink. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop. Stop. Send it to me. <laughs> I will. I will send okay, it to you. so your goal for this week is to send that to me. <laughs> to send that to you, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you were just getting the most ridiculous scenes from this book. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's gonna be so Thinking good. Of the scenes that I have shared with you so far, and I'm like, well, yeah, no, those are those are the fun, those are the most fun scenes. I'm excited. Who needs plot? Who needs it? Don't know them. Tropes, 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 all the way. Tropes, tropes, yes. tropes, tropes, tropes. <laughs> all the what is your, uh, what are your writing goals for the week, Anna, other than reading my scenes? <laughs> uh, I'm going to read that scene, and then I'm going to read it again. And then I'm going to go back in my mm-hmm. email and find the other scene and read it. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> no, uh, I am going to continue working on this new book that I have an idea for. So Yay. maybe brainstorm with some folks and see where that goes. I'm so excited. Yay. I also might have to rub you in at some point to be my my plot guru because we had a great conversation, gosh, like a year ago. Yeah, I don't even know ago. when I was like, was Anna, this sequel, how do we, how yeah. do I, sequel, yes. how do, and we had this great talk and I was like, yeah, got it. Listen. And then I didn't really finish writing the book, so now I'm like, what was, what did we say? I, talk, I was going to no. write in this book. I talked mm-hmm. to a mutual friend of ours today and I was like, at what point do you rope people in to talk about brainstorming? And she was like, oh, basically at the beginning. When? And I was like, yeah. oh, thank you. Because I also am like, I yes. get to a point where I hit a wall and then somebody says something that lets me like, you know. I don't yes, know. So exactly. It's very fun. Yeah. So yes, I will do that plot Sweet. talk with you anytime. Good. Because I got the tropey scenes, and now I need a plot again. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. <laughs> we'll make the, all those tropes. I'm like, all these. Yeah, and that's exactly that's exactly my goal. Is like I like these scenes, and also I need a plot. So how do I make them all fit together? And I will. Yay, tropes! Look at us 
talking about tropes. Look at us. Um, Almost 45 minutes on the nose. I'm really it. proud of us. Look at this timing. I'm really proud By of us. By the time I edit so it a little bit, it'll be like shorter than this. I'm really proud. Sweet. I almost hit the end. And then Skype we're going to record our intro. Can record our intro. That's what yes, we're going to do. We right are going to yes, record our intro right yes, now. Here we go. All right, bye, bye. We got to do that. Everyone, thank you again for listening to another episode of Basic Pitches. We, again, so much appreciate your feedback, your interactions on Twitter, and just the love this podcast has been getting. So thanks a bunch. Anything that we've mentioned in the episode, such as TV tropes, will be in the uh, show notes. And we will see you next week for another great episode. Bye, Pitches! <laughs>